Hi, everyone. I'm Michael Zerner. I'm one of the managing partners at We Family Offices, and I'm joined today by Sam Sudami, who heads up our global macro uh, team here at We. Sam, welcome. Nice to talk with you. And uh, our topic for today is going to be commodities and natural resources. And let me start by uh, asking Sam, we've been talking about the opportunity in commodities and natural resources for about 12 to 18 months. And certainly 2022 was a very good year for commodities and natural resources. 23 has gotten off to a little more of a challenging start. Uh, in the space, particularly with fears of a recession looming. Having said that, what could you just talk about what are the key underlying tenets to your thesis as to why we see an opportunity uh, in commodities and natural resources? And then maybe we'll come back and look at performance both last year uh, and this year in context of, a, of the broader theme. Sure. So, you know, after more than a decade of weak demand, a new commodity cycle is in the early stage based on increasing long-term demand drivers with favorable supply and demand dynamics. When we look at commodities, we look at three main areas, metals, traditional energy, and agriculture. In metals, climate change is an immediate and powerful catalyst for demand particularly for metals such as copper, lithium, and nickel. And these new demand drivers are coming from two primary areas. The first is new demand from electric vehicles. So electric vehicle batteries are extremely metals intensive. There's also alternative energy. So solar panels and wind turbines similarly are very metals intensive. But producers have restrained capacity for a decade. With the result, the supply versus demand is much tighter and it takes significant amount of time to build new capacity. And as a result, when we look at metals, there's a growing demand with supply that takes a long time to build. So that's what provides a very powerful tailwind. When we look at traditional energy, due to partly due to climate change pressures, traditional energy companies have curtailed investment. Overall, people see a long-term demand that is on a downtrend, but, will, but should fall slower than supply, which means energy companies have been cutting back their, their investment significantly. And that supply versus demand will help tighten the market and keep prices supported. And traditional energy sources will still be necessary for several decades to come. The third area is agriculture. Demand grows slowly with, uh, with population growth. But climate change is also having an impact on supplies. We've seen an increased frequency and severity of droughts and floods, which disrupts supply. So as a result, we see over the long term, price support and long-term runway for growth for, for both, I mean, for metals, traditional energy and agriculture. Got it, Sam. So what you're laying out is a thesis that could take five to 10 years 
to come to full fruition. And if you look historically, that's basically been the nature of commodities investing is that there are up cycles and there are down cycles, and it takes many years for those to play out. Um, given that we're, as you say, in the early stages of that, that up cycle, right? 2022 certainly would, and and performance in 2022 certainly would uh, support that thesis. But then here we are uh, in 23, where uh, commodities and natural resources are one of the worst performing sectors, whereas in 22, they were the best. So is that just short-term noise? What's driving it? How do we put that in context of uh, an investor you know, seeking to make an investment into natural resources, given the long-term thesis? So recent headwinds to performance, particularly this year, is due to softening in economic growth and a slowdown in inflation. So this year, commodities have faced short-term cyclical headwinds driven by a soft economy. The Federal Reserve has raised interest rates 10 times over the past year in order to slow down, inflate, slow down the economy and cool down inflation. The effect was to slow demand, primarily for energy and industrial commodities, which have seen sharp declines this year. But overall, right now, when we look at uh, energy, OPEC Plus has announced production cuts in April to remove some supply out of the market. In addition, over the short term, demand usually picks up with summer travel season. Another factor affecting supply in the short run is that the U.S. will start refilling the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. That will help give a boost to energy. Metals, though, could still remain soft due to the weakness in global manufacturing, but inventories are, are extremely low right now, having been drawn down or destocked. Agriculture might be supported this year uh, by the El Nino effect, which will start impacting supplies, particularly in, in the Americas. So as a result, we're starting to see some of the, even the short-term fluctuations start turning more positive as we go through this year. So for an investor who invested in 2022, uh, you know, looking to take advantage of the long-term cycle, uh, the advice that you would have is sit tight these are short-term fluctuations that we're seeing in 23. For those who have not yet established core positions in their portfolio of commodities and natural resources, now might be a very good time to establish those positions. Again, not with a trading mentality, but with a long-term investor mentality. Exactly. So this is a favorable time to take advantage of the short-term weakness as a good entry point. Okay, and add more to a position if needed. Okay, thanks, Sam. And so let's talk a little bit about implementation and how to invest in commodities and natural resources. And you and I have talked before about sort of basically two fundamental ways. One is by buying the equities of companies that are involved in uh, commodities or natural resources businesses. Uh, and the other is to actually get exposure directly to commodities and natural resource pricing. Can you first start by talking a little bit about the difference between those two ways uh, and the pluses and minuses of each? Sure. So this is a two-pronged approach using both commodity futures baskets and the second is using our natural resource equity. 
So commodity commodity futures are a way to gain access to the actual commodity. It's traded on a very liquid futures exchange. Natural resource equities to buy the equity of a mining company, for instance. But one of the drawbacks of equities is that it has a higher beta or correlation to the stock market. But one of the positives is that there are several commodities that do not have active futures markets. So lithium, for instance, lithium, which is a very critical ingredient for alternative energy in EV batteries, for example, it's, they don't really have liquid futures markets. But as a result, one accesses lithium through buying the equities of the miners. Whereas commodities actually give you a more pure exposure by going through the futures route. So really, it's a combination of both mm -hmm. uh, to take advantage of, of all of the opportunity that's out there. I guess one, one would expect, uh, if one does it through the equities uh, of commodity companies, a little more volatility than one might otherwise see uh, if if one went direct uh, through exposure. Exactly. So the uh, the natural resource equity tends to fluctuate much more with the stock market cycle than you would see in the commodity futures route. Okay, Sam. Thank you. Interesting opportunity. Contrarian perspective uh, and. Uh, uh, for those who want uh, to learn more, uh, we have a white paper published about this uh, on our website. Thank you for joining me. Look forward to our next conversation. Well, thank you, Michael.